Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. And unlocking of hearts happens, and you connect. It's at that moment you're like, man, this is good. It's connection. You are created for connection. So happy Pentecost Sunday, and uh, days do matter, amen. Sometimes we get so spiritual. We're like, every Sunday's Pentecostal Sunday. No, it's not. I mean, tell your wife that every day is our anniversary, babe. Why don't we all celebrate just November 2nd? Let's just skip it this year, because every day is November 2nd. It's like, no, not every day is. Uh, so even as New Testament believers, uh, sometimes we get so weird with grace that nothing matters you know, but uh, this is uh, celebrating the birth of the church, really Pentecost Sunday. And uh, so, anyways, I thought it would be no better Sunday than to preach on dysfunction. Amen? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> All my dysfunctional people, Because you need the Holy Spirit to overcome dysfunction. Okay? I know you're trying to put the fun in dysfunction. Okay? But we're going we're gonna to break dysfunction and after today, you won't deal with it ever again in your life. Amen? Amen. Isn't that amazing? You're just going to function after this service. Anybody that missed this service, sorry. Uh, you picked the wrong Sunday to miss. Um, but I really do feel the mandate as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, going into year eight as a church, really the entire journey. We got back from Australia about nine years ago and started gathering with people. Uh, it's crazy the journey church takes. And, um, man, just up until last year, we were on the verge of three services and just, just reaching people through events and outreach and, and local ministry. And, and then, boom, COVID. It was literally the Sunday before COVID hit. We had printed cards for three services. And uh, we had an 8 o'clock service that was going to be sensory friendly for people who just need a little less noise and light and sound. We wanted you to know we don't hate you. We love you. And we want to be a church to reach different kinds of people with different services. And that's really where we're headed is to figure out even Saturday night services or Sunday night service, just services so people can come in and get worship and just drink of the well, amen, and the water that is the presence of God. Water, whenever you read water in the Bible, it's the presence of God. It's worship. It's worship. Remember with the woman at the issue, the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of the well? You remember her? You shouldn't remember her because I'm mixing stories. I just made her up. It was a test. You passed it. Now you have a testimony. Amen. Um, the woman at the well, he's talking about water and water and water and water and water. I drink not in the drink. You did the drink. If you come to me, then obviously he's talking about worship. It's water. It's worship. So in worship, you take a big drink. And uh, in the preaching of the word, you take a big eat of the steak that I'm going to try to serve up here in a second. And then you mix it with faith and go and have an incredible week of faith. Amen. Um, and so, anyways, let's get to the word. I want to speak this morning on roll the dice with your dysfunction. It's going to take you rolling the dice a little bit. If you missed the analogy or the metaphor, uh, it is one of trying. Just try it. Just try it. So many of us are waiting for the perfect moment to do it, and we want that Nike-type faith where we're like, rah! And it's, that might not happen. Just, just roll the dice. Just try. Just try to roll the dice with your dysfunction this morning, breaking dysfunction in your life. And I really, this is a buzzword, but I want you to know it's biblical. Okay, so I try, to, I try not to use terms of psychology to build my message because that would be bad. Um, I try to build and preach out of the word of God, but when something biblical hits something cultural, then we highlight it. But the foundation is biblical. So you might be the most functional person in this room, which, praise God, bless you. We need more of you. Uh, I need to hang around you. Uh, but we can, you can come back to the Bible and, and look at it. I'm not here to condemn anyone in this room this morning. I'm simply here to preach the word of God that would build your faith and you would be able to access grace for wherever you need it. I don't know where you need grace this morning, amen, but I'm here to preach the word of God, building your faith, not in me or this church, but building faith in the grace of God because where sin abounds, 
Grace, talk to me. Grace abounds. Come on, he died for us when we were sinners. Amen. We need grace. You're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the avenue. It is the tunnel. It is the bridge. It is the car. It is the vehicle that you access the power of God to change and, 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 and just, you know what I'm saying. Okay. Got my preach on a little early. All right. Roll the dice with your dysfunction. Roll the dice with your dysfunction. Is it cool for you a little bit of the Bible this morning? Okay. I don't know why I'm in Genesis. That was the rally. No, that was, okay, what's happening here? I got a Bible with two little things. That's so cool. I need four, though. Amen. All right. Judges chapter, um, Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Roll the dice with your dysfunction. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, babe, for getting us to pray a little bit. Sometimes we're so into entertainment, we're just like, the song ends, we're like, all right, next song. And that's, how what I, that's not how you look. That's how I feel in my spirit. So we just get stared, looking at screens. I'm so lazy now, if like it's buffering for Netflix, I'd rather stare at it than like reboot the modem. It's like, who's rebooting the modem? I don't know. Well, like, no, as a man, I do it. We're so lazy. We're so lazy, people. We need, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I had to go to the store a second time the other night because we didn't have propane. I was sitting there. I was having the biggest pity party. Like, we, we meal plan, and we, mm, and now i got to go down on a 15-minute drive and get the propane tank. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like, see, we, we just try to, if you, if you can't pass the call five pastors in the third world and still have a pity party, then just get over it. Amen. <laughs> but I go, I got to go to 15 minutes to get the propane tank, you know. Anyways. All right. I'm about to encourage you, hopefully. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Now, the angel of the Lord is talking about Gideon. We're talking about Gideon. We're talking about a dysfunctional period in history with the church, with Israel. Amen. And with his leadership. God always starts with leadership, okay? God, oh, if you wait, if you own a company or you own a family, <laughs> you don't own a family, if you lead a family, if you lead children, if you lead children, okay, if you lead anything at all, which all of you do, lead something, um, you, God starts with you. Now, I know you're praying for the sheep and the children in the church and the city to change so you can lead them easier. It's okay to pray that, but God will usually change with you. When God begins to heal dysfunction, he starts with you, he wants to help you be functional so you can lead the, the tribe out of dysfunction. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is an Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress. Wheat in the winepress. That's a key verse. Wheat in the winepress. In order to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord, is it cool if I read fast? Just to impress you? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry for that horrible accent. I will not do that again. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, Lord, if the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all these miracles? I love this engagement with Gideon. Gideon's just being honest. It's time to be honest. you got to uncork the honesty, even if you think you're going to offend God or offend people you love. What else do we have? I would highly encourage you to stop faking it in life uh, thus far. It's time to get real. Isn't it scary, though? Because if I tell you how I feel, then we've got some conflict, and none of us want conflict. None of us want conflict. Did the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. I love God, Jesus God. He's so encouraging. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? I'm the least I'm the worst. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. If you think church is a little positive Pollyanna for you, this is prophetic ministry. As you begin to take the word of God and you begin to speak it, because out of your mouth, out of your mouth, things change with language. Amen? And so that's why even amen, God's good, hallelujah. And if you're like, I'm kind of faking it, that's all right. That's called just getting the engine going in faith. And as you, as you walk this week, you might find yourself just being a little, God is good in a moment, and you just proclaim what is true even though it is not yet in your life you are calling heaven down to earth amen 
Then he said to him in verse 17, if, if, if I found favor in your sight, show me a sign. But remember, this is in context to God. He's, he's talking to God here. Do not depart from here. I pray until I come to you and bring my offering that's set before you. And he said, I'll wait till tomorrow. So Gideon, and he prepared this, this offering. And, and, and verse 21, then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand. And he touched the meat and unleavened bread. And the fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. We're a little slow. It takes some time. If you need proof from God, that's all right. God wants to hook you up. But don't go to the tarot card reader. Don't just stare, go to the ocean and ask the ocean to give you a sign or an eagle. You go to God, the living God. Take all of your questions and all of your whys. You take, there's no rules to relationship. There cannot be rules to relationship. That's why Jesus, when he came to fulfill the Old Testament, he didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it because the point of all of it was relationship. Amen? We don't want to put rule. We want relationship. Now, it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull. So now he's getting him out of the wine press. He's engaging with him. And now he's got a plan to root out the dysfunction in his family. Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer a burnt offering with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. He uses the wood of the previous altar to Baal. That's what God does. So, you know, we talked about this in Christmas, some of our old Christmas tunes, old bar tunes that became hymnals. And we get a little irritated by that. But he used the cross, Roman crucifixion tool, to be the, the symbol. I prefer a new symbol, Jesus. Thank you. I don't prefer the Roman crucifixion to be the symbol of Christianity. That's what God does with us. He takes us and he fills us with a hymn. And, and, and so Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord said to him. But because he feared his father's household, tearing down family dysfunction is scary. So he did it at night. <laughs> God will give you strategy. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar of Baal torn down, and the wooden image, wooden image that was beside it cut down. The second bull was being offered to the altar, which was being built. And so they said to one another, who's done this? And when they inquired, they said, well, it's Gideon. And the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die. It feels like you're going to die when you are in conflict with family. This was literal, Old Testament. Because he has torn down the altar of Baal, because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself. Therefore, on that day, he called him Jeroboam. And Jesus said, let Baal plead against him because he's torn down the salt. And all the Midianites gathered together, and they crossed over and encamped. So the enemy gathered together. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet, and everyone gathered behind him. So much. I wish I had two hours, but we're going to cruise through this real quick, okay? You with me? Don't make me blow a trumpet. Are you with me? All right. <laughs> All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for today. I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, we pray for the encouragement of the word of God that builds faith to access grace, break condemnation, shame, and guilt. There's no place in the cross. There's no place in you. There is therefore now, 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 without having done anything except received the name of Jesus by faith, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Lord, we offer you our sin, our doubt, everything we have. Give us your faith faith. Give us your joy. Give us your peace. Let us leave this place full of the Holy Spirit. And everybody shouted amen. 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 Awesome. Um, I, uh, I was trying to find a story in regards to what I'm about to say, but there's too many stories. <laughs> it was a little embarrassing. Um, I uh, too many times have used the wrong tool for a project. Um, and I don't know, I've come up with different systems. You know, I've got different toolboxes. And uh, Jared, you know, puts his name on his tools. And um, that's a good idea. I used to hate people that do that. Like, oh, put your name. Then, you're, then you're, you know, your tape measure disappears every time. You're like, I'm going to put my name on my tool. You know, is that my letter? Your letter? It's my letter. I think it's my letter. You're like, oh, there's my name. So, yeah, it just keeps things clean. It keeps working with friends honest. Um, you know, and you learn to put the gloves on before every project. And then you're like, where's the gloves? You know, kids, where's the gloves? Um, but 
I know this is probably a generational curse in my family. I bought my kids a ping pong table this week because I love them. And uh, they've been working hard, so they deserve a new... They had the ping pong tables warped. And, uh, you know, I bought in the $90 one and uh, said, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Then I kept losing because they hit the crack. So it was time for a new ping pong table. Amen? So I, we get the ping pong, and I, I look over to Jude, and he has like this this spoon or something, and he's like hammering with it, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's the generational curse. He's like, oh. But there's even days, we, we now are building a barn, because that's what you do. I'm still in COVID mindset, right? Go to Lowe's and build things, you know? I gotta get healed, we're all coming out, amen? Well, so I decided to build a barn this spring, so it's a good idea, and wood's cheap, so yeah. Missed, missed the Lord's voice on that. Me and Johnny were literally circling low. It's like, this can't be right. What? Where's the play with it? doesn't cost $100 and a blood sample, right? You're like, what's happening? Anyways, there's healing. So I would, yeah, so it's an unfinished barn. And, but I put the tools out there. And there's times like, babe, would you put out the light, you know, put on the light socket. And so you go put the light socket on. And you're like, hold on, go out to the barn and get the screwdriver or will a butter knife do? Come on, where's my butter knife, people? Because the butter knife will do. The butter knife will do. And so a lot of times I just, even though Carrie's asked me not to use the butter knives, sometimes they get a little bend and stuff like that. But it saves me to walk out to the, to the unfinished barn um, that I hate. So um, I get the butter knife. And what's funny about a butter knife, it does work. Um, but sometimes it you know, kind of scrapes the screw and it scrapes something. And if you get the wrong butter knife, you're just like, you're going to fight it, and then you're like, I should have walked out to the barn and gotten the actual tool. And then you get power tools, and it's fun to show your kids. They're like cranking on this bolt for an hour. Dad, you know, and it's like, let me show you, son. You know, you're like, boom, you feel powerful with power tools. But the idea is when you use the wrong tool, it's not, it's dysfunctional because it's not created for that function. Amen? A butter knife does great with butter. But the problem is when you get so used to a dysfunctional uh, system and you use things not for their intended purposes, but you pull them off, you, you butter knife your way through life. Hashtag butter knifing your way through life. Being you pull it off. You pull it off. Why, why do we butter knife our way through life? Um, desperation, um, different seasons. We feel, well, I don't really, this is going to work. And so we make a decision somewhere along the way. And when I look at dysfunction, when I look at dysfunction, I, 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 I see in the garden the beginnings of dysfunction. I believe that all dysfunction is basically just complicated fig leaves. It's just a layer or a version of what Adam and Eve did in the garden to cover their nakedness. Amen? It's just fig leaves. All, all we're doing is we're just fig leafing our way through life. And what happened was, was man decided, we decided that we knew better, yes, based on a lie from the enemy, but we were going to step out and just do our own thing, which is still always our problem. Why? Because a butter knife will do. We've pulled it off. Do we really need to spend the money? Do I really need to take the walk? And what if you don't have the screwdriver? Do I really need to save the money and go down to the store? I got a butter knife in my house and a butter knife will do, right? And so, and so we, we start to put dysfunctional systems in place because we make excuses out of desperation. My wife needs the light socket put on. I don't have the right tool. I wasn't born in the right town. I don't have enough money. And so what I have in the house will do. And so we create dysfunctional systems out of desperation. Desperation leads to dumb ideas and dumb ideas lead to dysfunction. And we see it in the Garden of Eden because Adam and Eve decided to move in unbelief and disobedience and they found themselves naked and so they were desperate to cover their nakedness and so desperation causes you to just implement dumb ideas I mean if we're to be honest fig leaves are not a good clothing option I mean just think about it no one preaches this enough right then they made fig leaves and God was like no I'm going to put some leather on you. And the church is like, yeah. But back, back it up for a second. Like, when did Adam and Eve, who were made in perfection, pretty smart, awesome, beautiful, wonderful people, um, that had no problem being naked, 
But all of a sudden, they're naked because of sin, and their idea is to take leaves. I mean, I'm smarter than that. A leaf? And then they got some yarn or some twigs, and they're like, how long did that take? I need another branch, Eve. All right. This one ripped. Yeah, it's a leaf. (laughs) I mean, how far in the process did they get when then God showed up, you know? You're like sneaking cookie. You're like, you feel, you know, it's like, what are you guys doing? God's so awesome. He didn't even condemn them for being horrible, you know, fashion art. Leaves? But this is what desperation does. Is you've been using a butter knife for so long, actually when your son asks for a screwdriver, you hand him a butter knife. And soon, so when you go to butter the butter, that's rock solid hard this morning. And then you over microwave it. Another problem. All your butter knives are bent. And, and then they're not really working. And so we have all these tools that are not functioning. And so all of a sudden when we look at our faith and we look at our worship and we look at our lives, things are not functioning. They're dysfunctional and they come back to this idea of desperation. I, Eve, what are you doing? Fig leaves? Come on, girlfriend. That's a horrible idea. That's just a bad idea. What are you doing paying three times the amount on that couch? Well, we needed the couch. Did you? Did you? Yeah, you needed to pay $5,000 for an $800 Ikea couch? Yes, we needed a couch, and mom and dad were coming for Christmas. Fig leaves. But what happens is desperation, because we got to fix this problem right now. And so we'll, we'll go into debt. We'll give up our identity to fit into this group right here, right now. Because I've got and I'm lonely and God wants me to fit in at any cost. But what happens is we create out of desperation, financial desperation, soul desperation, ministry desperation. We'll, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll just create and a bunch of bad ideas. You know, I'm going to take this summer off of church and get my family to the river every day. And that's really going to help my fa- Bad idea. I, I'm going I'm to take a break from certain. What happens is out of desperation, all these bad ideas ideas come out of our flesh and we begin to implement them and sometimes we know it or we don't know you know what I'm just not gonna not talk to that person this summer I'm gonna give them some space uh aka I'm gonna single-handedly kill that relationship if you want to kill something don't talk to it don't engage with it that's why when death showed up on the scene what'd God do Adam where are you he began to talk See, that's function. Anytime we see God in the Bible, he is modeling function. And so he shows up to Adam and Eve and goes, no, 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 no. That's not how we recover from this situation. No, 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 no. That's how you recover. That's how the flesh recovers because it's desperate, dumb idea, and dysfunction. God shows up and says, that's not how I roll. That's not how I deal with abuse. And that's not how I deal with death. That's not how I deal with shame and guilt. The way your God God deals with it. He deals with the temporary and the eternal at the same time. He knew that they needed some clothing, and so he shed the blood of an animal, and he covered them. So God wants to cover you today. Not every answer from the Bible is in heaven and is 10 years down the road. You need to know you serve a God that when he shows up, he says, I'll cover you right here, right now. I'm the kind of God that has a practical answer for you while prophesying prophesying a promise of an absolute answer down the road. He said, I'll cover you, but that covering points to the seed of a woman that'll come into Mary and birth a Savior that will die on a cross. And so my purpose is practical and eternal. That's the God you serve. Come on. That's the God you serve. He says, that's not how we do. That's not how we recover from this dysfunction. And so he implements function. He implements function. Someone say function. It's complicated. Dysfunction is complicated. It's complicated. But because of sin, we create dysfunctional systems in order to deal. When life does something dramatic and we didn't see this coming, it's always when you didn't see this coming. I mean, God said, yeah, you're going to eat of the fruit and your death's going to come. And he didn't say anything about the naked part. Right? He didn't say, listen. Listen, Chachito. If you eat of that tree, you're always going to have this feeling of like, you're going to, because you don't see it right now, but then you're going to, you, 
How do I say this? See, God doesn't get involved. Sometimes, like, you're not going to, it's a different dimension. That's why there's not a lot about heaven in the Bible. It's a dimension that, it's like explaining sex. We're going to talk about sex. Hopefully that's okay. We're gonna, to like a five-year-old kid, they just understand chocolate, right? So God speaks chocolate language with us. Because we're five. Okay? So he just goes, all you need to know is don't eat of it because you're going to die. You're going to die. Now, it was progressive. Death didn't happen immediately. But what happened was for some reason they discovered this is a built into sin that they were created naked, which sounds like a horrible thing. That's why I can't relate to it. Like, oh, I wish we were in the Garden of Eden. Except the naked part. Amen? <laughs> I don't want to be naked. I like clothes. Hope we're not naked in heaven. What was that about? So we don't fully understand it, but what happened was they realized they're naked. And so what happens in life, will, will, based on what you do and what, based on what's done to you, is you look and you're like, ah, I didn't see that coming. And it's scary. And so what happens is when, you don't, when you're throwing a curveball in life, you will cover it because you're desperate. But because you're desperate, it'll usually birth a dumb idea in the flesh. And then now you've created a dysfunctional system that is reciprocal. You keep, you're stuck in it. And then you pass it on to your kids. And then you tell your kids to not do what you did. But that's all they know. And so someone has got to figure out how to break the cycle of dysfunction because we were created to function you might not be happy in life right now because you are not functioning you are butter knifing and fig leafing your way through life and you're fed up and you want to function someone say function I want to function I want to function I want to function I want to I want to use a butter knife for butter and I want some power tools and I want I want the right mixer and I remember one time our mixer we had to whip the cream I'm like man what is I want the right tools for the job you were created with a purpose you were created to function that's what you were created for and so when we look at the wine press Gideon is using the wine press in a dysfunctional manner the wine press is for what Wine is an easy answer. Wine press is for wine. It does a horrible job at threshing wheat. But Gideon is caught up because of his desperation to hide from the Malachites that he is having a bad idea that this little, this little wine press would be a great place to thresh out wheat that needs stone, that needs rock. But he's using this wine press because he's desperate and he has a dumb idea and he's acting dysfunctional. But when everyone else is acting dysfunctional, you don't even see your own dysfunction until the spirit of the living God comes to pull you out of the wine press and say that's not going to work it's not going to make you happy you were created for so much more than threshing wheat in a wine press I want to cause you to break fear and dumb ideas and desperation and dysfunction and use a wine press for wine and a threshing floor for wheat am I preaching to anybody I want to function I want to function. I want, I want, I want. I'm tired. I can't, but I'm surviving. I'm threshing wheat in a wine press. What a story of dysfunction. Kitty, what are you doing? I'm desperate. I'm surviving. Dysfunction is an, is a, is a, is an overflow of so much need and poverty and desperation. And that's why you're going to function today. You're no longer going to thresh wheat in your wine press. Relationally, financially, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're just sowing into relationships. Like, this is dysfunctional. I no longer need this. But you think if you don't keep showing up, drinking the beer, playing the pool, watching the thing, having the talk about when you were 16 and what you were doing down by the muddy water and what you were drinking and all the stories and all the things. And if you leave that, then you don't even know who you are because those are your boys. So some of you rush quick, too, too quick. And some of us hold back. It's whatever decisions we make out of fear. That's your filter. It's a 
desperate fear. Well, I have to show up to that thing so to, to be light. Well, I'm not going to show up to that thing because I'm not going to be light. See, those decisions are not good or bad. You'll know the decision to make as a functioning person because you don't make decisions out of fear anymore. You make decisions out of faith. You're like, no, I need to show up to that wedding. I don't want to show up to that wedding, but I'm going to show up to that wedding because that's what I should do. That's a good decision. I want to stand there. I want to be there. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to show up to the wedding because, you know what, I don't need to be there, and I need to be with my kids. All those decisions that we fight over, really, it's, let's take it out of the dysfunctional, like, fear-based, manipulative-based, control-based, passive-aggressive-based, and get it back to faith so that we can function. God's calling you to function. You are going to break dysfunction. Amen? I want to function. I want to function as a man. I want you to function as a woman. I want to function as a husband. I want to function as a father. I don't don't want to make excuses. I don't want to blame. I don't want to point the finger. I want function in my life. Amen. I want worship in my life to function. I want my faith to function. I want my preach to function. I want to function. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just do dysfunctional things to check boxes. I want, I want my prayer life to function. I want my family. I want my church to function. I don't even know the fullness of the function of this church in the day that we live in. But I want the church to not just gather. I want it to impact culture. I want it to impact this region, the church of Jesus Christ. I want as a Christian, I want to function. I don't know always how to function in my faith without condemning. I want to be a bridge, but I don't want to be held in fear to not give my testimony and pray for the sick and cast out demons and lift up the name of Jesus in the marketplace. Come on, church. I want to function. I don't want my faith to be dysfunctional. I don't want my faith to just get me through a day. I want my faith to be able to move mountains. I want it to function as God made faith to function. Someone say function. Online church, they function. Thank you. That's leadership right there. That's leadership right there. I want to function. Without preaching it, I want to function. Right? I want to function. I blew my knee out skiing many years ago, and so sometimes I have like a gangster. If you see me, it's not that I think I'm a thug. I'm from Yuppie Town, Napa, California. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think, but you know, I stretch, I work out. I want to function. I want to function. I want to function. I don't worship to just be singing. I want to function. Oh, Jesus. Number one, he restores the function in you. Number two, he restores the function in your first love. If you see God gets him out of the wine press because he begins to heal your dysfunction first. He begins to cause you to function first. I overtalk sometimes to make up for certain things. God will begin to show you things that you do. <laughs> and, 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 and you think, well, you need them in your relationship. And God will begin to show you, oh, you don't need that. That's dysfunctional. So he'll pull you out of the wine press. And then what will happen is he starts to call you to himself. And he says, okay, now I want to call you back to your first love. God's about to change your prayer life. It's going to have no rules. It's going to be Davidic. It's going to be Gideonic. Gideonic. It's, 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 it's raw. Give me proof. Give me proof that you're calling me to this. Because when you serve God and you have that first love relationship, it costs you everything. And so before you're about to die, Gideon knows he could die. Before you're about to die, Christian, to your, 
to your wants, your needs, your friendships. Yeah, you start to get radical with God and you say, God, if you're really calling me in my generation to serve you with my whole heart and to serve my wife and to serve my kids and to lead, God's gonna take everything I have. And so you begin to get into a full contact relationship with Jesus Christ and you begin to talk to Jesus like you've never talked to Jesus before. And you start throwing every question and every why and you start asking him for proof and you start asking for his word and you start asking for his presence and you start asking him to close doors and open doors. Why? Because God has become so real that he becomes your alpha and he becomes your omega. He becomes the one that will author and finish and perfect. He's the one that you worship. It's not just a corporate sing song long thing that we do. No, it's worship. When something becomes so real and authentic, you throw everything at it and you say, God, I need you to show up. I need you to speak. I need you to heal. You don't just pray, God, heal my insecurity. You say, God, if you don't touch my broken heart, my broken soul, I won't be able to accomplish what you have for me. And you start to become honest more than you ever have and more real than you ever have. Number one, he restores the function in you. He restores the function in your first love. Each one of these are messages, but just stick with me. Number three, he says, okay, now we've engaged. Got you out of the wine press. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but now you know how to break dysfunction in every area of your life. Jude, we're not going to use the butter knife. Go down to the shed and get the tools. Dad, it's just one screw. No, we're going to break the power of the butter knife. We're naked. Eve, wow, this is weird. Oh, let's make fig leaves. What are we going to do? The next, what are we going to do? We got to go out of the bank and finance a car at 35%. How am I going to get to work? Oh, come on, man. Those are real conversations. I just want to make the bad man go away. And I want to make my wife happy. I just want to eat a steak and watch Monday Night Football. I don't want to take the bus tomorrow. But you not taking the bus tomorrow and making a dumb decision that I've made and every person in this room has made. Cars are a depreciating asset, another conversation. But we have all gone down that path. And what happens if you just stay naked for a while and quit fig leafing your way through life? You get that text message, immediately you want to put some fig leaves on that conversation. Why, why would you... Stand there naked and wait for God to show up and say, what happened? And let God begin to heal. Let God begin to speak. Let God begin to bring his plan. Let God begin to cover you. Come on. Let God begin to do something. Let God begin to break. Just wait a moment and let God show up. He'll show up. He'll show up. He's just waiting. If you have the faith to put away the fig leaves and keep the butter knife in the cupboard and say, God, I need you to help me know what to do and function in this situation right now. And so God says, okay, now I've restored the relationship we have. I'm going to ask you to take down the dysfunction in your family. And quickly, he tears it down at night because he's afraid. And he uses the old thing to bring the new thing. Whatever you tear down, you must replace. You must, you must, you must, you must tear down and you must replace. Or else you are just fasting as starving yourself. So what happens is you remove food and you replace it with prayer. That's the biblical mandate of fasting. It isn't just to starve and pray that God shows up in your pain. No, I'm going to remove food and I'm going to replace it with prayer. So if you're going to remove Baal, you better restore the altar of God. So if you're going to remove screens, if you're going to remove attitudes, if you're going to remove behavior, you need to replace it with a kingdom character, a some sort of new family timeline. And that's why it's time to implement, I think, family night or game night. And I don't care. You can look at the sneers and the jeers. This isn't to check a box. This is so that your family begins to function relationally and with communication replace and restore and what's awesome 
is the very person that should have been the maddest at him, his dad, it was his thing. In offense, the weirdest people get offended. And oftentimes the people that think are gonna hate you, it was his father's bail. He's the one that was like, almost like, thank you, son, for doing what I couldn't do. I think the people in your family are waiting for a Gideon to begin to tear down what everyone knows is dysfunctional, but does not have the faith to come against what has been set in that family for generations. And so his dad protected him. The very one offended, defended. I'm telling you, people are gonna thank you. They're gonna thank you. Thank you for saying something. Thank you for moving. Thank you for inviting me to church. See, the people that say, I don't wanna come to church, years later will say, thank you, I was dying. Every resistance and every wall I put up, it was a, it was a survival mechanism. It was defensiveness. Thank you. Thank you for preaching the gospel to me. Thank you for praying. Thank you for standing with me. Number three, restore the function in your family. Number four, Break the dysfunction of perspective. I wish I had time. What's amazing is after he tears down the bale, builds an altar to God, it says the enemy gathered against him. He could have gone, man, you know, every time I go to serve God, the enemy just, just, I knew it. I knew we shouldn't be doing this. Every time you go to tear down dysfunction in your life, in your family's life, in your business's life, in your church's life, and you say, the enemy's gonna gather. And God wants to restore function in your perspective. You're no longer gonna be hyper-sensitive or hyper-superstitious. You're going to understand biblically, yeah, God's gathering the enemy all together so you can kill them all at once. The reason it rains when it pours is because God says, I'm about, one, one perspective is I've already got your heart open and I see a little cancer in your liver and since you're already open, I'm gonna cut it out. And now that you're going up against the enemy because when God begins to call you into function, he's doing it because you're about to do some big things. And he says, I'm telling you, I'm gathering together all of your enemies so in one day in one battle you're gonna kill them all you're not just gonna kill insecurity you're gonna take out fear you're gonna take out depression you're gonna take out passive aggressive you're gonna take out fear and worry and doubt you're gonna break them all you're gonna break them all you're gonna kill them all there i'm bringing them all together i'm bringing them all to and god's giving you that perspective to see this Just receive it right now. Just receive it. 
this morning. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you need a miracle this morning, there's a time in your life where you'll always, every person in this room will need a miracle. Just receive it right now. What is it? What is it? Begin to talk to Jesus. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right now, just you and the Holy Spirit. Say, fill me up. 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 If you want to speak in tongues this morning, is your day. This is your day. This is your day. Just take this moment of faith. It's just faith. It's just faith. Let the Holy Spirit fall on you. Rivers of living water. Let the Holy Ghost just come in power and fill you up. He wants, he wants us to be personal right now. He wants us to be personal right now. Your faith is being encouraged that you have enough. You have enough all by yourself. Why? Because he is in you. He is in you. He is in you. He is in you. And you have enough. Oh, Holy Ghost, fill this place. Fill every heart. Fill every mind. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus this morning, just take this moment to give him your life. Just say, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. If this is you, pray this this prayer. The Bible says, out of your heart, out of your heart, speak. Out of your heart, speak. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come into my life and take over. I want to live for you. I believe that you're God. I believe that you're real. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you died for my sins. Come into my heart right now in Jesus' name. Last but not least, I want to pray for the families. I want to pray for the families. I want to pray for every mom, every dad, every young adult, every old person, every young person in this place. God's about to anoint you to begin to function. You're about to break dysfunction. You're about to come out of the wine press in Jesus' name. If your family needs a miracle, if you need a miracle in communication, in restoration, wherever you're at, just slip your hand up right now. Come on, all over this place, just receive a fresh anointing. Come on, one more minute, just receive right now. We break fear in Jesus' name. We break fear in Jesus' name. We break the thing that has taken root in our families right now, right now, right now. Lord, in Jesus' name, you're anointing husbands, you're anointing fathers, you're anointing moms, you're anointing dads to begin to go after dysfunction. Father, you're about to function in your faith. You're about to function in communication. Oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to hide. It's not worth it to not because communication is so difficult it's the number one thing with Jesus is our relationship and communication God I ask you just to fill us fill us for communication fill us for communication help us to not attack help us to not be rude help us to ask questions help us to listen the Holy Spirit's here right now this is what I felt that the number one thing that you're going to begin to go after is communication. Communication with God, communication in your marriage, communication in your kids. God's going to begin to show you how to talk and have conversations. Just because you have words like me 
I had to learn that I'm learning this, that just because I have words doesn't mean I'm having healthy conversations. And God's about to anoint you for healthy conversations, healthy communication as we begin to come out of the wine press and begin to tear down and replace it with godly things and godly family and godly flow and godly systems. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Begin to walk and function. It's scary, but God's anointed you to begin to function. Your family's about to function. Your ministry's about to function in Jesus' name. Hey, our prayer team's gonna be up here. If you want some more prayer, come on up. If you wanna find a place, just let God finish what he began this morning. Write it down. Let God do what only he can do. We love you so much, guys. We'll see you next Sunday. If you want some prayer, come on up. Come on up.